1: Tuned in to the dopest show on radio from the press box to press row. I am your host, Donald Ware. We are less than two weeks away from Christmas. I continue to be in a giving mood, and today I'm giving my grades to the teams from the MIAC and the SWAC, as well as to Tennessee State. And of course, last week gave my grades to the teams from the CIAA and the SIAC. If you missed that show, you can log on to our website at BoxToRow.com. BoxToRow.com. Click on the From the Press Box to Press Row podcast and listen to that show. You can either listen to that show or download that show. And, of course, on our website, you can also view all of the grades that I've given to all of the teams. So I've given my grades to the teams from the CIAA and SIAC, as I mentioned, and then also to Tennessee State SWAC teams. And MiAC teams, the grades are on the website right now. I'm going to give you my reasoning for the grades that I've given today right here on From the Press Box to Press Row. A national champion, an HBCU national champion will be named on Monday. The Box to Row national champion will be named on Monday as the Celebration Bowl is taking place in Atlanta on Saturday between North Carolina A&T and t and Alcorn State. I've got some thoughts on that football game. I'm going to break that football game down for you today here on the program. I'm looking forward to being in Atlanta. And as a matter of fact, this will be my fourth Celebration Bowl. I will have been to all four Celebration Bowls, and this promises to be a great football game. Speaking of the Celebration Bowl, North Carolina A&T head football coach, Sam Washington, going to join us today. Here on From the Press Box to Press Row. We're also hoping to catch up with Alcorn State head football coach Fred McNair today on the program. So plenty of program to get to today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. And, of course, on next week, our year-end review show will begin. So you don't want to miss that. And uh, we're going to take a look at the months of January through June on From the Press Box to Press Row. And then, of course, in two weeks, we'll take a look at the months of July through December. So, beginning next week, for the next two weeks, we're going to take a look back at the year 2018. Join us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. To do so, hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Give me your thoughts. Who do you think wins the Celebration Bowl between North Carolina A&T and Alcorn State? I'm going to give you my thoughts on the game. Also on Facebook, B O X, the number two, R O W. Thank you to those listening to us. One of our great affiliates around the country that carry From the Press Box to Press Row and those listening to us around the world at boxtorow.com. Let's continue here on from the press box to press row. The celebration bowl is taking place on Saturday in Atlanta at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. On the line, we're joined by the head football coach of North Carolina, ANT. Sam Washington in his first season, the Aggies ranked number one in both the Box to Row coaches and media polls. As Coach Washington joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Coach Washington, welcome back to the program.
2: Thank you. Uh, I'm excited to be here, as always.
1: Yeah, we appreciate you coming on. What have these last three weeks or so been like for you? You haven't played a football game since your victory the Saturday before Thanksgiving uh, against North Carolina Central. What have these last three weeks been like for you?
2: Uh, I tell you what, uh, the anticipation has been very tough, uh, and, and to say the least. But I thought we got quite a bit accomplished. Uh, that very first week, you know, not knowing who we would play, we thought we would just, you know, put all our energy and effort towards uh, just the fundamentals of the game. And, you know, you can never uh, do too much when it comes to fundamentals and uh, technique. So that's where our focus went, you know, initially. And, you know, once we, you know, knew who our opponent would be, uh, the Braves, and then we kind of, you know, toned in on more uh, schematic stuff.
1: Yeah, I think that's interesting. Um, So sort of getting back to the – a little bit back to the basics, right? So what are some of the things you felt like this team needed to work on?
2: Well, I I just I mean, really the toughest thing is the coach to coach his eyes. You know, uh, kids' eyes tend to wonder. And, uh, so defensively, that was a, a big focus. And then, uh, steps. You know, uh, we, we were a vertical team and we like to go straight ahead and don't step underneath our, ourselves. And, uh, so we put a lot of emphasis on hip, hands, and eyes. And tackling, you know, that's, that's the one, um thing that concerned me most, you know, being out you know, three weeks without going live, tackling. Uh, So it's going to be very important that we get a lot of uh, pursuit to the football, get a lot of people running on on every down.
1: Let me take you back to November 17th because that was a big win uh, over North Carolina Central. I'm not sure if a lot of people saw that coming, not necessarily the win, but the manner in which you won, 45 um, to nothing over the Eagles. You know, your thoughts on your team's performance in that football game.
2: Well, uh it was one of the uh, best performers of the year, you know, to say uh, the least. Uh A lot of it is due to we had everybody back. That was the first game this year we took our full roster to the ball game uh, since the beginning of the season. And I think that also, you know, played a uh, very uh, important role to our success. And, uh, you know, Lamar was uh, spot on. And uh, when he's playing at a very high level, we're very tough to beat.
1: Yeah, I mean, no question about it. Was it was it important, maybe for the players, particularly on on defense, to be able to preserve that shutout?
2: Oh, absolutely. Uh, and two, now we we left that last time we were there. We we left there with a bitter taste in our mouths. Uh, it was a one sided uh, ball game in their favor. Uh, you know, two years ago when we were there and then the way that we were treated after the game, uh, you know, that also left a very uh, stale and bad taste in our mouths. And uh, we didn't forget. We did not forget.
1: Sam Washington is the head football coach at North Carolina A&T in his first season joins us here on from the press box to press row. the Aggies nine and two going to face off against Alcorn State in the uh, celebration bowl on Saturday and how healthy are you? I mean, you you have these you know these three weeks off. You you know all teams are banged up, but how healthy are you going into the Celebration Bowl in the game against Alcorn State on Saturday?
2: Without a doubt, uh, possibly the the best since game one. We 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 have pretty much the entire roster you know at our, our disposal. So uh, we're we gonna play quite a few people and try to keep them fresh. And uh, look forward to playing a good football game.
1: Yeah, you know this is a rematch. As you know, of course, a rematch um, of the very first Celebration Bowl back in 2015. How how can you compare the 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 two football? The, really, the well the two football teams. Meaning, compare A and T with two uh, from 2015 to now, and then also Alcorn State from 2015 to now. Do you think? Both of of those teams, meaning the 2018 teams, are better than the teams were in 2015?
2: Well, I'm not sure about that. I think uh, we do some things, you know, better than we did back then. I think we're more familiar with uh, the schemes uh, and and what we do. Uh, We're playing with a bunch of guys, at least seven on defense, that have been playing for the past two, three years in a row you know, who had the experience of that first uh, bowl game, you know, as a sophomore. And see, now they're four- and fifth-year seniors, uh, and and they know what to expect, and they know what's um, asked of them, and I think they are, they'll play well.
1: Do, do you have any – it's interesting because it seems like even that year, you go back um, to that year in 2015 – the the quarterback at that time was Lenore's footman kind of had burst onto the, to the scene, sort of a dynamic quarterback. And then you look at Noah Johnson, maybe a better passer, but certainly can run the football as well. What does Noah Johnson, what are some, or some of the challenges that Noah Johnson yeah. presents as the, uh, from a quarterback perspective?
2: As you stated, he can do, uh, either do a threat. He can run the ball and he can pass the ball. So, um, I, I think he's more of a passer. Uh, however, uh, but him running the ball don't don't scare me as much as um, you know uh, when you drop back two pass, him taking off, you know, with the intentions of passing, and um, you you cover the receivers, and then all of a sudden he takes off, and uh, that that would concern me most about him, uh, his ability, you know, to run in open space. If we if you know if he want to run the ball, you know, quarterback runs in between the tackle box. I feel very comfortable and uh, confident, you know, we'll be able to contain him, you know, fairly well. But when he drop back to pass and then take off, running, he become a little more of a threat.
1: Sam Washington is the head football coach at North Carolina A&T, joins us here on the program. A couple of more thoughts, Coach Washington. We appreciate the time. Did, you know, at the beginning of the, of the season – uh, it, it was P.J. Simmons. Everybody was talking about P.J. Simmons at running back. He was up for the. He was a nominee for the Walter Payton Award. And on the backside of things, Deshaun Waller has sort of been the guy uh, for Alcorn State. Just really, can you speak not only necessarily to Waller but to their running game as a whole?
2: Well, uh, they're very good at it, and uh, that's a you know concern as well. Uh, both running backs are very capable. And, uh, what make them a big threat? They have top end speed. So, you know, once they break, uh, and if they get on the second level, they become, you know, more of a threat, uh, with that speed that can take it, you know, seven to 80 yards. And, uh, you know, so it's going to be very important that, uh, we get a lot of hats on him and, uh, get to him early and hopefully, um, don't allow him to run straight downhill.
1: Does Alcorn State remind you of any team? Are they similar to any team you've played this year?
2: Uh, eh, not really. You know, I, I'd say possibly Savannah State. Savannah State uh, quarterback was a dual threat type guy. And, uh, you know, he can beat you with his feet and arm. Uh, and uh, this quarterback is very similar. And I thought they also had a good running um uh, concept concept you know they know exactly what they're trying to uh get accomplished and you know they're not just out there uh you know putting straws so um the coaching staff i think is very good you know, I have to give them credit they put those kids in a position you know to be successful and so it's going to be very important that uh we don't allow that to happen
1: last two thoughts as the fcs playoffs progress obviously uh, A&T, and then and more specifically in the MIAC, you're mandated to play in the Celebration Bowl. But how do you think this Aggie team could have stacked up in the FCS playoffs this year?
2: Uh, I, I think we would have fared out fairly well. And uh, part of me, you know, wanted to see, you know. Uh, but, uh, you know, do it as, as it may. Um, you know, we we opted out and, you know, going to the bowl game but I really think we would have fared out fairly well. I really do.
1: And then lastly, what are you learning about yourself or how are you growing uh, in your first season as the head football coach of A&T?
2: Well, uh, I don't know if I can gr- say just yet. I still have some work to do. But uh, I can say I have learned a lot. You know, And uh, I think the biggest uh, adjustment is um, managing people. You know, you have, a, you know, a bunch of uh, players along with administration and equipment and the training staff. You know, just, you know, learning to manage people is possibly, you know, the one thing that uh, I had to grow most and quickly at.
1: Sam Washington in his first season as the head football coach at North Carolina A&T joins us here. From the press box to press row, the Aggies going to take on Corn State in the Celebration Bowl on saturday in atlanta coach washington we appreciate the time we look forward to seeing you in atlanta
2: absolutely i will be there
1: sam washington the head football coach at north carolina a&t still to come i'm giving my grades to the teams from the meac and i'm going to have a preview of the celebration bowl north carolina a&t and alcorn state up next giving my grades to the teams. From the swack as from the press box to press roll rolls on.
3: Mommy, where are we going? To the grocery store, honey. Oh, goody, Mommy. Can we buy an original bag of Marjorie's Beef Jerky? Of what? An original bag of Marjorie's Beef Jerky. It's really good, Mommy. Dad let me try some, and I couldn't help myself, and I ate it all, and I was hoping that you could, like, help me replace it before he comes home from work. Why would you eat all of Dad's beef jerky? Mommy, I couldn't help myself. Marjorie's beef jerky is so good, and Daddy says it's good for you. Well, it sounds like we had better buy two bags to
1: avoid this from happening again.
3: Thanks, Mom. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet.
1: You can also purchase Marjorie's Beef Jerky online at marjoriesbeefjerky.com. That's marjoriesbeefjerky.com or call them toll free 844-340-7613. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. From
0: the Press Box to Press Row and com, your HBCU sports leader.
1: Marjorie's Beef Jerky has temporarily dropped her prices of beef jerky, saving you $2.49 per bag with a six-bag minimum purchase and a 12-bag limit per order. $8.25 for shipping up to 12 bags. The offer is only good while supplies last. Use promo code pickany PICKINY, 6 any the number 6. Go to Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com and order your bags of beef jerky right now using the promo code pickany 6 Let's get right to it here on From the Press Box to Press row. I'm giving my grades to the teams from the SWAC. We're going to do this thing in alphabetical order we're going to start with Alabama A&M who finished 6 and 5 overall and listen this was a pretty good season it was Connell Mayner's first season as the head coach at Alabama A&M he had some a little bit of talent he had some talent to sort of work with i think one of the things that Connell Mayner did well was he made the talent better you know you have a quarterback like an Akil Glass um who was who had a you know, he had a pretty solid season, I guess, last year. But when you look at his numbers on this year, 2,426 yards passing, 20 touchdowns to just nine interceptions on the season. This was a young man that really got it done. I thought in the uh, in the running game that, uh, that Alabama A&M did a really good job in the running game. I know Jordan Bentley continued to kind of uh, fight some injuries as the season went along. But there were some other guys to go to, like Trevin Walters, for example, for Alabama A&M. So I thought their offense was definitely pretty good. And when you look at Alabama A&M from a defensive standpoint, I mean, they weren't bad defensively. Linebacker Armani Holloway was an all-conference player, 108 tackles on the season. And then Yurik Bethune up front was really good, 9.5 sacks on the season, 16.5 tackles for loss. He was a box to row All American. I mean, when you look at the when you look at the schedule, you know North Alabama was making that transition to FCS, a, a Division II program. Um, where Alabama A and M lost that game. You know they had a tough loss to Southern. Um, you know a tough loss to Alcorn State, a 13 a, a point loss to Grambling. So I thought that Alabama A and M was right there in the hunt towards. The latter part of this season, in a, a pretty good season, I thought, a solid season, I would say, in Connell Manor's first year, I gave the Bulldogs a C plus. Alabama State was 4-7 and seven on the season. It looked like Alabama State, I tell you, it looked like they may do some damage this year with that victory over Alcorn State. But ever since that victory is about the fourth or fifth game of the season, things did not go well for Alabama State and they actually started off the season pretty slow but a big win over Alcorn State they didn't uh, run the football well at all about 110 yards rushing per game they didn't pass uh, the football particularly well although you know could uh, Kaderis Davis um, 10 touchdowns to seven interceptions completed about 53 percent of his passes on the season and then from a When you look at Alabama State from a defensive perspective, I mean, they gave up in excess of 450 yards of total offense per game. I will say for Alabama State, I mean, you're looking at a tough schedule. Listen to this schedule. They get the overtime victory over Tuskegee to open the season. Then they got to go on the road to play Auburn, on the road to play Kennesaw State, on the road to play Grambling where they lost 34 to nothing, on the road to play Alcorn State where they beat Alcorn State 28-25 to on the road against South Alabama, where they win that game 45-7. to Then they had the Magic City Classic, where they lost that game to Alabama A&M 27-10. This was a tough schedule, a tough season. Um, I mean, I'm going to give Alabama State a D, and they may deserve uh, or probably should have got a lower grade, but I think that when you look at, I mean, All of those road games in consecutive weeks, and you look at the fact that they beat Alcorn State. I gave Alabama State a D so far on the season. Alcorn State is nine and three. Got the matchup in the Celebration Bowl against North Carolina A and T, and this is an Alcorn State football game. A team really good across the board. Offensively, really, really good. It all begins, of course, with the quarterback in Noah Johnson, who has had a really, really good season for Allcorn State's completing 64% of his passes, 2079 yards, 15 touchdowns to seven interceptions. Um and you know, as I listened to the SWAT call each and every week and at the beginning of the season, I mean, you know, Fred McNair the head coach just wasn't satisfied. Even though Allcorn State was playing relatively well, he wasn't satisfied with what Allcorn State was was uh was playing week in and week out. And I think they got that wake-up call in the loss against Alabama State. And since that loss, I mean, they, of course, had to play New Mexico State, an FBS program, which they, of course, lost that football game. But other than that, I mean, it, it's been pretty smooth sailing for Alcorn State. I mean, they got one heck of a running game. Deshaun Waller, who, by the way, I think last week I said that Darius Skelton probably would be named our impact or uh, would get the box row impact Award, But you got to look at Deshaun uh, Waller, averaging close to 130 yards rushing per game in the last five games. He's got over a 1,000 yards on the season. He was a box to roll All-America, 6.2 yards per carry, 12 touchdowns. By the way, Noah Johnson also ran the football effectively. He's got 980 yards rushing on the season, 7.4 yards per carry. And by the way, could present some problems. For North Carolina AT. PJ Simmons was the talk of all corn state. He was on the Walter Payton watch list. And I mean, it's just one of those deals where Deshaun Waller just played so well. But I mean, you cannot dismiss what PJ Simmons has been able to, to accomplish to this point 729 yards rushing, 5.2 yards um, per carry. So you definitely cannot dismiss what he's done. And then from a defensive perspective, listen. Allcorn State is very, very, very good defensively overall. You can look at Terry Whittington um, up front, and he's had a really good season nine sacks on the season, fourteen tackles for loss. You can look at the Shippy kid also eight sacks, thirteen and a half tackles for loss also on the season. So you know, I mean, it, it's definitely an A. For all corn state, and it doesn't matter what happens in the game against North Carolina A&T in the Celebration Bowl. Arkansas Pine Bluff two and nine on the season. Their two victory or the two victories for UAPB, one against Cumberland University and the other against Texas Southern. Needless to say, this was a very tough season for UAPB. I mean, I thought they competed though, especially uh, on the offensive side of the football they were able to score some points they were able to you know do, do some things um d- throughout the course of the season i mean i you know when you look at taylor porter the running back what a season i mean he was the bright spot Box to roll all american 1220 yards rushing on the season and also had nine touchdowns i think that all cor- uh, excuse me UAPB has uh, some something to really build on. Skyler Perry at quarterback, 1,748 yards passing, completed 60% of his passes, eight touchdowns to five interceptions, but just a tough season. I mean, competitive, particularly against some teams, but obviously two wins on the season, not very good. I gave you APB an F. Grambling on the season was 6-5, and, and as I said, earlier in the season i actually thought it was going to be prairie view a&m's time this year in the western division of course after that after they got off to that pretty decent start they started the season three and three it just went downhill for prairie view a&m and then of course southern had a pretty good season but you know every team when you look across the board uh at the division one hbcus pretty much every team had a bad loss on the season but grambling was one of those teams that didn't have a bad loss. Yes, they had five losses, but none of the five losses uh, I would characterize as bad losses. Remember, you're looking at a grambling team that started out in a really in a two quarterback system to start the season. I mean, they had I mean, you know, I mean, it wasn't going to be easy um it, it, from a quarterback perspective in terms of replacing a two time- bo- or a box to roll all america quarterback, but jeremy Hickbottom was the guy that ultimately um got most of the reps on the season the guy that should lead this program offensively at least moving forward fifty six percent of his passes completed for close to two thousand yards, sixteen touchdowns and nine interceptions and you know from a running perspective, i mean I thought that uh uh Grambling was able to run the football effectively well. I, I thought it may be a, a, a better season defensively, uh particularly when you're talking about up front for Grambling and, and it really just didn't materialize. I mean obviously Darius Christmas uh, a two time now botch to all American eleven tackles for loss on the season five and a half tackles or five and a half sacks on the season was really good um, you know, I mean, they, you know, listen, you know, I thought uh, Grambling would be a little bit better defensively, ultimately, as a whole. Uh, it was not. But I think this was more of a rebuilding season, quite frankly, especially on offense for Grambling. I gave the Tigers a C plus. It's report card day here. I'm from the press box to press row as I take a look at the teams from the SWAT, taking a look at. Jackson State, who was right there in the hunt for the Eastern Division crown. As a matter of fact, a victory over Alcorn State meant meant that Jackson State would have won the Eastern Division. They fell in that football game. I believe it was 20-3. I mean, if you look at the numbers, Jackson State had no semblance of an offense. They averaged just 16.5 points per game. The defense wasn't bad. But, again, you know, I've talked about Jackson State a number of times um, in terms of how they handle coaches, again, firing Tony Hughes in the middle of the season. But I must say, John Hendricks came in, the culture uh, culture there uh, uh, was different, and it propelled Jackson State to a couple of victories in a row. Um, and then their last game of the season, of course, they ultimately fell to Alcorn State. So, you know, with that being said, I still don't like the way, uh, you know, just with history, and I hate to keep harping on it, but at the end of the day, Jackson State, not bad. I mean, 5-5 five and five when nobody expected you to be anywhere near the Eastern Division crown. I gave Jackson State a six. Sing- Mississippi Valley State, 1-10 and ten on the season. Things just continue to be tough in Ida Bena. Uh, For this Mississippi Valley State program, not a whole lot of offense gave up a bunch of points on defense as well. And I mean, you know, they they, they had some guys, you know, that made some plays on defense like a Jerry Garner. But it just wasn't enough. Tracy Tompkins. But just wasn't enough. Valley only won one football game. I gave the Delta Devils an F. The Purview a Panthers were 5-6 and six on the season. And as I mentioned, I mean, things looked really good for the Panthers to start the season. They opened up the season, albeit a loss, 31-28 to, to FBS opponent Rice. Then a victory in the Miac Challenge over North Carolina Central. A loss to FCS Perennial Power, Sam Houston State. And then a loss um, at UNLV. But then two straight victories, Pond Bluff and Grambling State to get to three and three. Then somewhere it just went downhill for the Panthers. 38 nothing loss to Southern, and from there it went downhill. Although, Prairie View A&M did rebound and won its last two games um, against Alabama State and against Texas Southern. Um, you know, PV this season, especially offensively, I mean, they were a juggernaut a little bit early on. If you remember, at the midway point, Jalen Morton, the quarterback, I had him as the number one player in uh, in HBCU football. But, you know, since that point, he struggled a little bit, ultimately completed 52 percent of his passes, two thousand three hundred forty four yards, 18 touchdowns and 12 interceptions on the season. He also rushed for eight hundred seventy four yards, 10 touchdowns, six point seven yards per carry. DeWanya Tucker got off to the really, really fast start had the 200-yard rushing game, a couple of 200-yard rushing games, and the one, more specifically, against North Carolina Central, 1,096 yards on the season, 6.7 yards per carry. But again, for Prairie View A&M, just not as strong in the second half, especially offensively and uh, on the season. But I have to look at the season in totality. Some, some, you know, again, Prairie View A&M, a good start, and ultimately, has won its last two games. I gave the Panthers a C-minus. The Southern Jaguars on the season, they were 7-4. and four. And, you know, this was a really good season for Southern. Obviously, Ladarius Skelton took over the quarterback duties midway through the season. We had um, the head football coach of Southern on the program, Dawson Odoms. He talked about that uh, especially the game after he took over the duties and had a really good game and i thought he did well in terms of passing the football running it as well i was impressed with him in the game um against grambling they were also able to run the football pretty well devin ben ran it well john lampley ran it well um and then but defensively is where southern i think was a little bit short this year and just like grambling southern didn't have any bad losses on the season i thought a a a great win as a matter of fact was that 38 to nothing victory over prairie view a and m um you know a good season actually a good season i thought for southern i gave the jaguars a b and by the way southern defensive coordinator trey oliver introduced as the new head football coach at North Carolina Central at a press conference in Durham on Thursday. And the final team, Texas Southern, a two and nine record on the season. Their two victories over UT Perryman Basin. And then another victory over Mississippi Valley State. This was just a bad season for Texas Southern. Uh, Mike Hay- Haywood resigned as the head football coach at Texas Southern. And boy, it's been tough for TSU the last couple of years with the NCAA violations and so forth. I gave Texas Southern N F. Up next here on From the Press Box to Press Row, I'm giving my grades to the teams from the MEAC. And of course you can log on to our website at boxtorow.com to view all of the grades. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Steph Curry. Your progress from Davidson to now with Golden State, where I've come from in high school into a small D1 college at Davidson. Uh, it's a great story, and uh, I'm just having
3: fun, you know, living my dream and riding the ride.
1: Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh, yeah, no, thank you for having me, play in a real way. I mean, I'm so honored. UFU Football League has done so many wonders. We got
2: over 200 kids that have graduated from high school, we have over 50 kids that have grown in Division I. That's
1: the voice of Kyrie Irving. a Duke for Coach K. What was that like and how that prepared you for the league now?
2: Playing 11 games you know a lot of people think that's not a no big package for you to become a better player. But for me, it was same for Coach K. He gave me the keys to the car, and I was driving it in the first eight games. And you know, being a part of something special like that and having the brotherhood built at an institution such as that one is an experience that you never forget.
1: Eve, joining us here on the program. Eve, when you think back to when you first came out and what y'all really want with Rough Riders, what most comes to your mind? So
2: many things. You know, everything was new for me then. Just being in the business. I remember just being excited
1: to be there. And he's a graduate, as a matter of fact, of Winston-Salem State University. He is Stephen A. Smith.
2: Congratulations on all the things y'all have done. Congratulations. Keep up the hard work. Winston-Salem Stadium, I had an absolute ball. The only part that was bad uh, was the basketball because my first year there, I cracked my kneecap in half. If I had one thing that I could do over, it would be that I would be there 100% healthy so I could really showcase what I could do. But outside of that, there's absolutely nothing that I would have changed. It was the greatest years of my life.
1: Joined by Kevin Hart. Right now, I'm on cloud nine. This is the time where I'm in demand, so you make the best of it. You pick great projects, you get behind them, and you put them out. And the goal is to keep them coming. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm trying to become a brand. So that's making sure that you're in control of your destiny. And right now, I am. Heavyweight champion of the world, he is Deontay Wilder. We're finally here. It's been a long journey for
2: us. We took the long road, but now everything is speeding up. We're, we're here now, so let's go, baby. America Group folks. To your next heavyweight champ of the world. I am here. I have arrived. I- I'm not going nowhere. So come on board. Let's show me some love, America. And I am the heavyweight champ of the world, Deontay Wilder, baby. I love y'all guys, and peace. And God bless.
1: Ice Cube has been our guest. Hey, man, thanks for letting me talk a little music, uh, movies, and sports. Hey, my favorite three topics. Ron Rivera, the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. You know, a great player. Did you see yourself as a coach? You know, it's interesting. I- I- I've been told a lot of times by a lot of people, boy, you know, you- you're kind of like Coach on the field. I always felt at some point, yeah, I'd probably get into coaching. It all started because of my son wanting to play football, and I've always told him that if he ever played, I would want to coach and be there. On CNN Newsroom with Brooke Baldwin, Brooke, I got to ask you about your Tar Heels. They won the national championship. I
3: listen. I am a loyal Tar Heel,
2: Donald. Let me just tell you that I get into fights every year with my some of my, my friends on my on my CNN show team because they know I fill out a bracket, and they know every year I'm going to put USC as a winner, even though let be honest, we don't always, uh, not always the number one seed going into the, into
1: the dance. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams.
2: That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've it just like that. You know, it's really focused, just really, you know, excited. Hello, I'm Stone, and I'm here chatting to Donald on Thunder Press Box to press
1: roll. That's the voice of Ronda Rousey. I was training for a fight, and I always have, like, a show that I watch, because I can't really move when I'm in training camp because I'm so sore I
2: I ran out of Big Bang Theory uh, shows to watch and (laughs) if 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 someone's trying to beat you up all day you want to watch something lighthearted at the end of the day and all the really, all the best shows out were, like, so stressful and, like, kind
1: of downers. That's the voice, of course, of T.I. It's some hard times down in the ATL, though, T.I. Yeah,
2: and if that is understood. It wouldn't be the first. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't be the first, nor the worst. But, you know, you got to stay down with the whole thing,
1: you you know? No, nah, no question. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still down with the skins, man. What can I say? They're, they're not doing too well right now.
2: Well, like <laughs> you know what I mean. We gotta, hey, 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 look, man. We gotta, we gotta hold it down so we can, so we can get it back right again.
1: <laughs> Matt Kemp with the LA Dodgers. What does it mean to you to wear that Dodger blue? as the great and legendary Jackie Robinson helped to pave the way so that you could play Major League Baseball. Definitely means a lot. I'm around some of the guys that play with him, like Don Newcomb, who is one of my best friends in the whole wide world. You know, I'm a very lucky person. Didn't have to uh, go through those same struggles as they did. They definitely paved the way for us. Janelle Monáe joins us here. from the Press Box. That's where I
2: started and began my independent career uh, as an artist. And I lived in a boarding house in the AU Center, you know, where Spelman, Morehouse, Clark, Atlanta, all the Those great uh, historically black colleges, and I would sell my independent work out of my boarding house for like five dollars, and you know that's how I kind of got my name. That
1: is the voice of Kevin Durant. I'm
2: excited I get to play for. They support us in everything we do. You know it's a joy to you know go to work and and know that you're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to cheer for you as loud as they can no matter who you're playing.
0: From the Press Box to Press Row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of HBCU sports with a flair for pro sports talk and entertainment.
1: Check the show out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's From the Press Box to Press Row, real, relevant, radio.
0: The others pretend. You're listening to the only sports talk show in America that actually cares what you've got to say. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. Let's
1: take a look at the teams from the miac as I continue to give my grades here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Again, in alphabetical order, we'll take a look at Bethune Cookman who finished with a record. Of seven and five, I thought this was a solid season for Bethune Cookman. Things didn't look too good to start the season with the 34 to three loss at the hands of Tennessee State, and then they lost to FBS opponent FAU, and then a loss to Howard. But after that, Bethune Cookman started to play a lot better, and as a matter of fact, closed out the season with three straight wins. I thought Jimmy Robinson was a really good player, a really good all-around player, led this team in rushing. He could also catch passes and also played well on special teams in the kick return game. Uh, Akivius Williams, solid. 1435 yards passing, 12 touchdowns to six interceptions on the season and remember that of course uh, Bethune Cookman had that game against Nebraska uh in the middle of the season they lost that game and then proceeded to win three straight games solid season i thought for bethune cookman i gave the wildcats a b taking a look at delaware state uh on the season and you know the thing about delaware state this was going to be um a a a tough a tough deal uh for rod Milstead, and alum of the school as uh Delaware state on the season went three and eight, but I, you know, I thought there was some, in, in some improvement from Delaware state. Like when I had a chance to see Delaware state in person, play in person. I mean, there definitely was some talent there. When you look at the, the running back and, uh, and in a who's been there for quite some time, had 646 yards rushing. The quarterback position just wasn't uh, stable enough. I think for delaware state but when you look i mean really when you look at some of the wins especially the latter wins you i mean this is a hornet's program that won three of its last football games against north carolina central against savannah state uh and then they ended the season albeit against virginia lynch uh, virginia university of lynchburg but it was a win and by the way one of the more underrated players the cavacante kid the linebacker was really really good i thought you know, he easily could have been on the box to roll all American team. He was a um definitely was a first team all meac guy uh for Delaware State on the season. I gave the Hornets a D. Taking a look at Florida A and M, and I tell you what, for the Rattlers, I mean, when you think about how the Rattlers really started the season off, they started the season um off pretty fast. Um they finished obviously 6 and 5 on the season but you know things were going well for Florida A&M Willie uh, uh of course Willie Simmons came in as the new head football coach and th- that big win over North Carolina A&T I thought the the loss against Jackson State that was definitely a tough loss but after that uh Florida A&M proceeded to win five straight football games including a victory over North Carolina A&T. Um, you know, Ryan Stanley, again, I had touted him as an elite-level quarterback. You, you know, the second half of the season, he wasn't as good as he was the first half of the season. 12 interceptions on the season to 17 touchdowns, 60% of his passes completed 2,519 yards. He's going to be back on next season. They had a semblance of a running game, averaging 158 yards Rushing, some good receivers. Xavier Smith, Chad Hunter, Marcus Williams, uh, Azende Ray. These guys were really good. And then I also thought that the defense a little bit underrated. I thought it was a solid defense. But, man, I mean, when you look at Florida A&M, got off to the 5-2 and two start. Um, and their 6-2 and two really lost its last three games in a shot at the MEAC championship. Again, got to look at things in totality. For Florida A&M, I gave the Rattlers a C plus. Howard was four and six on the season, and it 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 was supposed to be a promising season for Howard, especially after going toe to toe and beating Bethune Cookman forty one to thirty five, a pretty good showing to open the season against FBS opponent Ohio, but then that loss. To North Carolina Central, a couple of losses mid-season while they were still in the running. To South Carolina State and Norfolk State, definitely didn't help. Kalen Newton um, was better than he was last season, but his interceptions still a little bit too many. 17 interceptions on the season. His completion percentage better, but uh, you know 51%. I think he's going to continue to get better. Of course, Mike London uh, left Howard is now the head football coach at William and Mary. Uh, you know, Dedrick Parson had a really good season rushing the football as a freshman. So this this is going to be a Howard offense that should still be pretty good. Uh, Jaquez Ezert, Kyle Anthony, Jaquez Ezert, 26.6 yards per reception was a box to row All-American Kyle Anthony had a really good season as well. That tandem is really, really good where Howard struggled was being able to stop anybody defensively was definitely a struggle for the bison i gave the bison a c minus taking a look at the morgan state bears on the season and i mean when you think about morgan state they were four and seven on the season um big win against a and and you thought okay well they played well against albany um the week before and i was like you know i wouldn't sleep on morgan state and they definitely came uh into greensboro and won that football game against north carolina a&t had a week off then proceeded two weeks later to to lose to South Carolina state, got the victory over Savannah state. So it was going okay. But then the loss to Howard lost to Bethune cookman, you know, it, 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 uh, I thought Morgan state's defense was better in the first half of the season than it was in the second half. In in terms of from a quarterback um, standpoint, they, they had a couple of guys and Deandre Harris wasn't really consistent enough um, they had DJ Golot uh, junior uh, who, who, who who came in also, um, you know, I thought that the, the bears were going to be a little bit better defensively. And ultimately they weren't still, I'm not going to discount the win against uh, North Carolina A&T. So on the season, I gave Morgan state a D Norfolk state was four and seven on the season. And this You know, it it looked like for Norfolk State, this was going to be a season, perhaps a turning point um, in terms of being able to be uh, in the conversation as one of the better teams in the MiAC. And, you know, Jawan Carter, he just he 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 had a good freshman year and, um, you know, he 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 had some moments. Let's put it like that. He had some moments. This year, 13 touchdowns to 14 interceptions definitely was an issue. I thought Marcus Taylor, the receiver, was really good, and he was good in the return game as well. Defensively, uh, Norfolk State wasn't bad. Nigel Chavis, the leader of that defense. But, you know, obviously just wasn't good enough with Norfolk State. And on the season, I gave Norfolk State a D. North Carolina A&T is 9-2 and two on the season and, I mean, what can you say? I mean, the Aggies had really two bad losses this year. Otherwise, you know, A&T would be 11-0, and 0, particularly the loss against Florida A&M because that's a game that they had and uh, didn't play well in the second half at all. Marquel Cartwright, another 1,000-yard rushing season, 1,002 yards on the season so far, seven touchdowns, a nice change of place, uh, pace in Jermaine Martin who averages 7.1 yards per carry. Sure, certainly, Lamar Raynard got off to the very slow start, but he's come on the second half of the season. 56% of his passes completed, 1,607 yards. Even though he struggled, only five interceptions on the season, to 17 touchdowns. Elijah Bell is now healthy once again. And then the defense for A&T, just absolutely tremendous. The box to row, Willie Davis, national defensive player, of the year, defensive end Daryl Johnson has been simply sensational. Matter of fact, he was a first-team All-America in the Little AP uh, All-American uh, uh, team as well. Ten and a half sacks, eighteen and a half tackles for loss on the season. Doesn't matter the way it goes for North Carolina A&T in the bowl game against allcorn State. The Aggies get an A. North Carolina Central on the season made the coaching change, as I mentioned a little bit early on. North Carolina Central 5-6 and six on the season. It uh, should have been a much better season for North Carolina Central than it ultimately ended up being. I never saw the fact that Central would lose to A&T 45-0. To Tough loss against Bethune-Cookman, which essentially put North Carolina Central out of the running for the MEAC. Championship game and then a a uh, not game but the Miak championship and then a surprising loss to Delaware State. Isaiah Totten, the running back, was good this year five point five yards per carry um, on the season. First team All MiAC The quarterback deal um, was okay, but it could have been better. North Carolina Central and then the defense wasn't as strong as it's been in years past but Devontae Reynolds was really really good the safety for the uh, Eagles this year Uh, ultimately on the season for North Carolina Central I gave the Eagles a C Savannah State another tough season for Savannah State uh, and of course for Savannah State the last season for the Tigers in the MEAC and the end uh, uh, FCS two and eight on the season. I mean, I thought at least Savannah state was somewhat competitive, um, but again, only two wins on the season for the Tigers. Devon Gibbons, uh, the quarterback, uh, you know, he, 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 he needed to be better uh, this season. The, I, I know that uh, certainly um, that Savannah state was counting on him to be a little bit better in Savannah state. Um, just not a very good season. Quite frankly, I gave the Tigers a D minus the last team on the season uh, to uh, re- well report card, at least in the MEAC, uh, for South Carolina State, who was five and six on the season. And, you know, South Carolina State started this season off really slow. As a matter of fact, I had a chance to see them in person against North Carolina A&T. I can remember thinking this is not a very good football team. At all, but then they proceeded to win four straight football games, Delaware State, Howard, Florida A&M and Savannah State before losing the last game of the season, 21 to 17. Maybe if they had won that game, I think the grade may have been higher for them. Tyrese Nick, the quarterback, more of a running quarterback, uh, was okay passing the ball, but definitely more of a runner. 908 uh, three yards rushing on the season with also 12 Touchdowns on the season as well. Not a typical South Carolina State defense, no Darius Leonard uh, on the season um, or that type of player, certainly. But, you know, not a bad season at all for South Carolina State. I gave the Bulldogs a C. Up next, after this time out here on From the Press Box to Press Row, I'm going to give you my grades to Tennessee State and to Hampton, as well as previewing the Celebration Bowl.
3: Mommy, where are we going? To the grocery store, honey. Oh, goody, Mommy. Can we buy an original bag of Marjorie's Beef Jerky? Of what? An original bag of Marjorie's Beef Jerky. It's really good, Mommy. Dad let me try some, and I couldn't help myself, and I ate it all, and I was hoping that you could, like, help me replace it before he comes home from work. Why would you eat all of Dad's Beef Jerky? Mommy, I couldn't help myself. Marjorie's Beef Jerky is so good, and Daddy says it's good for you. Well, it sounds like we had better buy two bags to avoid this from happening again. Thanks, Mom. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet.
1: You can also purchase Marjorie's Beef Jerky online at Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com. That's Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com, or call them toll-free, 340 Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet.
0: It's Donald Ware, from the press box to press row.
1: Let's take a look at Hampton on the season, who was 7-3. But again, as I've mentioned, Hampton had um, a very weak schedule um, on the season. I mean... Uh, you know when you're an FCS program. I mean, they played uh, they played Shaw Lane, Virginia University of Lynchburg, SUNY Maritime, and Saint Andrews. That's five non-division one programs that Hampton played. But you got to start somewhere, and I'm going to give Hampton a little bit of credit because they did go. I mean, they won the games they were supposed to win. They did go seven and three on the season. So you got to be able to give Hampton a little bit credit there, Robert Prunty, in his first season as the head coach. Will Robinson, we didn't talk a lot about him running the football, 799 yards, rushing 7.1 yards per carry. Uh, Delman Williams, 22 touchdowns on the season, 2,035 yards, passing 63.4 completion percentage. You know, it's just a weird season for Hampton because they weren't in the MEAC, and so we didn't talk a whole lot about them. Uh, throughout the course of the season, but nonetheless, I mean, you gotta give Hampton a little bit of credit, and I did. I gave Hampton a C plus. Finally, Tennessee State was four and five on the season. Got off to the good start, a win over Bethune Cookman, a win over Eastern Illinois. Hung tough with SEC opponent Vanderbilt, losing 31 to 27. Then it just went downhill for Tennessee State. Now, I'm not really sure where i can put my finger on this because tennessee state has had some good teams um and it started off pretty well but then ultimately just you know something uh happens the quarterback play Demry croft michael hughes they had two guys that could get it done uh they weren't bad in terms of in the quarterback play uh quite frankly but the thing about Tennessee State—they just couldn't stop anybody. I mean, when you're giving up 430 yards of total offense per game and giving up 32.1 yards uh, or 32.1 points per game, and you're scoring 29.3, it's just not going to be—it's just not going to get it done at the end of the day. And uh, for Tennessee State, I gave the Tigers a C minus. With the remaining time, let's take a look. At the matchup in the Celebration Bowl between North Carolina A&T and Alcorn State, and I mean, I think it's going to come down to this. There's a lot of variables, a lot of factors in this football game, but you got a really, really good running football team, one that averages somewhere around 285 yards rushing per game against a run-stopping defense, only giving up A&T, meaning their defense, 72 yards of uh, rushing yards per game. So something has definitely got to give there. I mean again I've talked about the running game uh, and you know quite frankly uh AT has just done a really good job of shutting down running games all season long. I think where the Aggies are vulnerable uh in a couple of different places where Alcorn State may be able to make some things happen. Uh number one in the past game Noah Johnson is a smart quarterback um, he's one that can pass the football, but he's also one that can run the football. So one of the things that gives the Aggies a lot of problems is a running quarterback. And you heard Sam Washington mention he's definitely concerned about what Noah Johnson is able to bring to the table. I think A&T probably will do a good job of. Of shutting the run down, but you're talking about not only a good running game for Alcorn State, but you're talking about a good offensive line as well. But I think, if I think, uh, if Alcorn State is to have success against A&T's defense, it's going to be passing the football. And I'm not talking about long bombs down the field. I think the Aggies are pretty solid. They're obviously going to be. They're down Mac McCain, who went out. With a season ending injury early in the season, but Tamadre Abram is really good on one side of the corner. But I just think overall the secondary is solid for North Carolina AT. When I look at North Carolina AT's offense, it's really it's 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 playing very, very well. Started off the season, maybe not so good, especially in the passing game. Um, I think one of the keys, Khalil Carter uh, was in a car accident. Uh, He broke his leg over the Thanksgiving break. He's the backup quarterback, so he's going to be out. So it's going to be imperative that the A&T offensive line protect Lamar Raynard. But I think, you know, Elijah Bell at the wide receiver position is very healthy. The running game is really, really good for North Carolina A&T. And it also has a really good um, offensive line as well. The offensive line is playing extremely well uh defensively for Allcorn State this is a good Alcorn State defense. We talk about the SWAC, and when you talk about uh, you know uh, the 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 misnomer is that they don't play defense in the swack. Well, I'll tell you what Allcorn State plays defense. They're very good up front. So you got to be aware of that. They're able to rush the passer. Um they got some really good athletes on that defensive side of the football as well. This is going to be a really really good football game. Um it's going to be another close football game. I think all of the games have been decided by seven points or less in the uh, the the three previous Celebration Bowls, and I think that's going to be the case again on Saturday in Atlanta. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be part of a great pregame show, and uh, you don't want to miss that. And You can log on to our Twitter page or our Twitter account to find out a link or to find a link where you can listen to the pregame show. My time is about up. I thank you for yours. Thank you to Sam Washington, the head football coach at North Carolina A&T for joining us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. The Box to Row All America team is on our website at BoxTorow.com. The superlative awards are on our website at BoxTorow.com. Also, the report cards are there as well. The next two weeks will be year-end review shows, so be on the lookout for that on the radio station that you're currently listening to. And always remember to support those that support you. From the Press Box, the Press vote is presented by DW Communications.